bum bum bottom 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 bum bum You are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. I'm Brad Gullickson. And each month we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four color realm. On this episode, we're putting this baby in the creator corner. It is Kevin Conrad Hanna, documentarian and Kickstarter extraordinaire, and one half of the creative duo behind the upcoming Mike Mignola doc, Drawing Monsters. Oh man, when I first saw this Kickstarter go live on Twitter, a lightning bolt shot through my body. Mike Mignola is the guy who got me back into comics. And I and I you know like I think a lot of comic book fans go through this process when they're younger, you know, they're reading Spider-Man or the Superman or Batman, all the spandex stuff. And you know, you drift away from it. You go to college, you uh, get busy and obsessed with film or whatever, and then suddenly you're walking down a aisle at a bookstore, Borders Bookstore in this case, and you see Hellboy and the Chained Coffin anthology. And you go, oh, that's cool looking. That doesn't look anything like the comics I was into when I was a kid. My association with Hellboy is back to our dating And um, Brad was doing the, you know, like this is what nerds do when they start a relationship off. They start passing media back and forth (laughs) as a way of taking the other person's creative temperature. Like, okay, if she can read Hellboy, then she can love me. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would hand me like the Neutral Milk Hotel album. So embarrassing. uh, uh, I I love Neutral Milk Hotel. It is great. It is great. But I don't think that Neutral Milk Hotel was as epic (laughs) as Vignola is to you. I think the the equivalent would be Sondheim musicals. Sondheim or your um, infatuation with the monkeys. Oh, yeah, that's very specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, But when Brad was passing me these trade paperbacks, I was like, the stakes are high because this <laughs> is weird. And for me, I fell into the um, the the fairy tale aspect, mm-hmm. the the fact that it was rooted in fo- folklore mm-hmm. and it had this obsession with storytelling and what do, what do stories mean yeah. in a culture? And like you know, Mignola's Hellboy stories they do spring out of literature that most people on this planet have some relationship with. So you can read the Chain Coffin anthology and you can pick up the fairy stories. You can pick up you know, the stories that Disney would take and then turn into his animated adventures. Uh, like, so Hellboy is recognizable for a newcomer. Yeah, though it was a little early in my comics reading at that point. I had read Sandman and Watchmen, and maybe that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will freely put on, like, put out there. The first time I read Hellboy, I did not know how to read comics because their sequentialing is not like the basic, you know, grid system. But it was worth the effort, and 
not only did I read all of Hellboy, I returned to it later. And my second time around, I found myself getting much more into it and much more into that world. And it had a lot to do with just learning the language of comics. Yeah, absolutely. And like the thing about Mignola is even though maybe you didn't quite like grasp the storytelling at the start of your relationship with Mignola, because of his methods, it does eventually become clear and it helps you read other comic book stories that get even wilder in their sequential storytelling. And it served as a prime example of comic books being worth the effort. Yes, absolutely. But when that romance with Mignola blossoms into a full-blown love affair, there isn't actually a lot of material to seek if you want to know more about the man himself, the creator. Of course, there's the Hellboy films and there's all the special features, but I found myself, when those special features would happen and Mignola would wander in and we get to look at his desk or his bookshelf, I would always go and go like, yo, can we, can we hang out here for a moment? Can we actually look at his bookshelf? Can we talk about his bookshelf? Stop, documentary, stop. And Drawing Monsters, Drawing Monsters is gonna get us on that bookshelf. Kevin Conrad Hanna with his partner, Jem DeMonacos, are the real deal. They are comic book fanatics. They are Mignola devotees. And they want to get into beyond the, you know, special features, the extended cut, the back matter of a comic book or whatever. They want to get into the process. They want to get into the legacy. They want to ask the questions that we want to ask. And, and what, 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 I, what I love about it is, is they want to tell a, do, a comic book documentary, not necessarily as a comic book documentary, but just as a great documentary. Yeah, when he said that this is to be the Jiro dreams of sushi yeah. of comic books. I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. We have already financially backed this project, <laughs> but uh, now we further emotionally back yeah, this project. <laughs> absolutely. So I don't want to like give too many more details away uh, with this conversation with Kevin, um, but it's a delight. I'm super excited for everything that they're doing. I'm also like really interested and curious about the Kickstarter process. That's one of the things that has really um, exploded over this past year. I've backed so many Kickstarters. We've joined a whole bunch of new Patreons. Crowdfunding is just, uh, it's, it's not a new avenue, but I think it is an avenue that is being taken more seriously than it ever has before. And it removes this middleman, this studio element that might not believe or have faith in the Mignola fan base, right? So, we want a Mignola documentary. We will meet this goal, and then we're gonna meet that goal 10 times over. So of course we had a super fun time talking to Kevin, dorking out about Mike Mignola and Hellboy and the BPRD and all of that good stuff. But we also found the logistics and confidence of starting a Kickstarter fascinating. Yeah, so let's get into this conversation and we'll meet you back on the other side. <laughs> And here we are, joined by Kevin Hanna, the uh, co-director of Drawing Monsters. Kevin, thank you so much for hopping on the show with us today. We really appreciate it. No problem. Excited to be here. So I guess where we wanted to start is we're uh, Mike Mignola obsessives. There's so many. There's obviously a ton of Mike Mignola obsessives based on your Kickstarter being so successful. But for you, where did that obsession begin? 
So I think I was aware of Mike's work uh, for a long time. Um, I knew him as the uh, the kind of odd cover artist. I think I think I saw some pinups in a Fantastic Four special that he had done, and you know he was drawing Annihilus and, and Blastar as as though they were these like um, Renaissance era paintings. They're very dramatic and 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 have this kind of like gothic, super high contrast uh, quality to them. And so I, I knew who he was. Um, but I don't think my obsession started till the first issue of Hellboy. And I, I think I was uh, I was youngish, and so I was just getting into comics like seriously. And the Legend Imprint started. And the Legend Imprint was a collection of, of comic book creators creating their own line of creator-owned work at Dark Horse Comics. And so it was Arthur Adams and Frank Miller and John Byrne and, and Paul Chadwick and Mike Allred and, of course, Mike Mignola. And so I picked up the, the first issue of Hellboy probably out of just like wanting to be a completionist to make sure I got everything. And it quickly became, I mean, not only my favorite comic book, but it kind of changed the way I saw comics and storytelling and, and even art. Mm. Uh, because, you know, I think at when we're, you know, junior high, high school age, we are learning about art and we think, Oh, more detail is better and more, more uh, intricacy is that means better. Right. Mm -hmm. And that means quality. And Mike is all about like stripping everything away and is putting as little detail as possible. So it's just like the core of what it is. And, and from that, he gets so much more power and so much more excitement by, by pulling things away. And I just, that, that blew my mind and kind of changed what I, uh, what I thought about art. Hmm. What is something like about Mignola's storytelling that you as a kid, or maybe you now feel like you can't get from anywhere else? Oh, uh, silence. Mm. No one else can do it. Mm. <laughs> no one can do it. No one can, or at least no one can do it like he does. Uh, I, there's so many great comic book creators and so many people that we're big fans of, but so many of them, uh, you know, they, they need to make every panel super busy or, or make sure that it's being supported with lots of dialogue and voiceover and that sort of thing, narration boxes and that sort of thing. And, you know, I, it, one of my all-time favorite comic is, is The Corpse, and it's just this uh, short, oh, I don't know, it's like 11 pages long. Mm -hmm. It's a very short story that, that Mike did. And there's, like, there's a page where Hellboy is just waiting um, by a clock and he looks at his watch and it's just so atmospheric and there's no dialogue and you, and you just absorb the scene and you absorb the page. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people have been inspired by Mike to do. And a lot of people have done some really great work being inspired by Mike, but only he can do like that. Yeah. You know, like for me personally, when I discovered Mignola, he was like the perfect artist for the perfect age when you're just starting to like deconstruct sequential storytelling because he does it just a little bit differently. He uses these inserts and suddenly you can start to realize like pacing is a thing in comic books. Like he's a great artist to give to a young reader to say like, this is how you slow time down in a comic. This is how you speed things up. Uh, and that's, it, it's just, it's easier to grasp with Mignola. Mignola. Yeah, you know, and he'll just do those little cutaways to establish a scene where it'll be like a bird on a branch or a skull 
bull or, or a statue or, or those things that he's known for. And it just gives you this sense of like atmosphere and pacing and anticipation for what happens next. And I, I, I love it. Now, you mentioned the corpse there. If you were going to uh, sell Mignola on somebody who has never quite experienced his work before, has maybe heard his name, has seen a few pinups here and there, knows about Hellboy, what comic would you give that newbie of Mignola's uh, to get them hooked, would it be the corpse? It probably would be the corpse, especially if they didn't have a long attention span. If they wanted something meatier, something longer, uh, it would be Conqueror Worm. Mm. And I, I mean, actually, now that you said that, you've just opened a can of worms. I yes, apologize. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's so many great stories. I think it would also kind of gauge on the person. I, I love Conqueror Worm because it blends horror and camp and pulp. And like uh, just so many genres does it so well in a way that's just absolutely uniquely Hellboy. I mean, there's there's ghosts and aliens, and then also some of like some really interesting and gritty and grounded stuff as well. So I I really love that story. And then there's I mean there's just so many great little short stories, all these little uh, haunted house stories that are very quiet and um, and very moody. You know, I like uh, Ghoul, which has a uh, um, a man turning into a into a monster into a bull while he uh, shouts poetry. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. very Vanilla. That's a great story. Um, and so I probably would I would probably give somebody just a collection of the short stories because often those dig into like folklore and the mythology that he kind of constru- uh, deconstructs and, and they're so fun and they're so compelling. So I'd probably start there. When did you decide like Mignola's career? is going it needs a documentary it's 100 necessary and me and jim we're the dudes to do it so jim jim and i have actually been kind of hanging out and uh like collaborating on different like little side projects here and there and we were grabbing uh, for, for a long time and, and we were grabbing hamburgers and just kind of catching up and i uh you know um we both do a lot of different things uh jim's in in comic-related uh, rock bands and does conventions and does some video stuff. I do a lot of video stuff. I do a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes and interviews for things like, you know, First Man, uh, the Damien Chazelle movie, and a bunch of stuff for Sci-Fi Channel. And we were just talking about, like, how there's all these great shows for, you know, um, amazing chefs mm. and uh, pop singers, you know, behind the music. And but they're like, we, we need those for comic book creators because we just that – was, that's our one – big passion you know it's the big love of our lives besides you know our spouses um <laughs> is, is comics and we're just like man these we know the stories about these people and and how amazing it is that uh these little these punk rock comic book creators created these characters that that have shaped our culture now you know it's like number one movies in theaters and uh, number one tv shows and you know if you like a favorite, if you have a favorite song, you probably know who's saying that song. You probably know the musicians behind it. But how many people love a comic book character and don't know anything about the creators mm-hmm. behind it? So, so we were talking about that. And we're like, wow, someone should do that. Yeah, someone should do that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I'm going to go work on my astronaut show. And he's like, I guess I'm going to do it. We're like, oh, we should just do this. We're already doing it. We're just not doing it in the in that order, you know? So, uh, so once we decided that, we were like, yeah, that's, for real, let's do this. Um, we're like, you know, it's one of those things with like, uh, you know, at the same time, same the first person you're thinking of. And we both were like, yeah, Mignola. And, you know, he embodies so much of that because he's, he's 
a unique and distinct creator. Um, he's still the creative force behind the characters. It wasn't like he created something in the 70s or the 80s and then retired and went on to do something else, and that was something that he did in the past. Like, he is still at the reins of Hellboy and the Hellboy universe. And, you know, he did it just like, he, you know, it's like Sinatra, man. He, he did it his way. And, uh, you know, when you look at a Mignola piece, you know it. You know, comic book documentaries are one of my favorite forms of entertainment. And I think I've seen every single one because there are not a ton. And if you ask <laughs> anybody who's like, you know, what's your favorite comic book documentary? They're going to be like, well, Comic Book Confidential or Crumb or uh, yeah. if they're hip to like the, the newer stuff like Seth's Dominion. Like, So when you are starting off this journey with Jim, are you thinking about other comic book documentaries or documentaries in general, personality, cultural documentaries, what you want your doc to look like? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think if I'm being honest, we took less inspiration from our fellow comic doc creators. So they're awesome. And, you know, we, we're, we're, we're friendly with a lot of them. Um, but we took a, we took a lot of inspiration from things like the food documentaries, like, uh, Jiro dreams of sushi and chef's table. We took a lot of inspiration from a lot of like the sports related stuff, like cheer and even, um, uh, spellbound or, um, uh, 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 King of Kong for, you know, fistful of horrors. Um, because it's like, you know, wow, we're massive, massive Mignola fans and we're going to get into his history. And for people, people who are, are big Mignola fans are going to learn more about him than they, you know, they're going to find out about, they're going to go through his sketchbooks. They're going to see stuff that they hadn't seen before. We also wanted to create a documentary for people who've never heard of him, who maybe aren't even into comic books, but they just like, uh, you know, for, King, King of Kong, uh, it's, a, it's a documentary about um, Donkey Kong championships. It's the best. And I've I don't care it. about that. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I've, I'll put it this way. I've never, ever thought about a Donkey Kong championship before I watched that. But then by the end of that movie, you're just like standing up and you're cheering for, you're like, I love that guy. I want him to win so much. <laughs> and, and I, I think that's kind of been our approach to this is, uh, you know, Mike is, is an amazing individual He's also absolutely just a guy who just wanted to do a thing. And for him, you know, it wasn't playing Donkey Kong or learning uh, or winning a spelling bee. He just wanted to draw monsters. And so, you know, on his journey, he, he had success, but he never really felt like he fit in at Marvel and DC and was trying to do all the, the uh, forge his own way and not sure if it was going to work. And, and, you know, and he did. And it, it's like, it's a pretty incredible story. So I, I think everyone will be, I think everyone's going to be really into it, so I'm excited. What was it like? How, how did you approach Mignola to start this project? Um, so we just reached out to him. Um, Jim had no, so Jim had run the Emerald City Comic Convention for like something like 17 years, and Mike had been a frequent guest there, and so they were friendly. And I had reached out to Mike a couple times when I was doing some work on the Sci-Fi Channel, and so like you know we had his email. <laughs> so we started and uh and what we had done was we had actually talked to uh for other projects because you know we had access to comic book creators for some of these other things we would say you know hey super cool person um you, you you're a fan of Mignola and people and people you just see people light up and they sit up a little straighter and they're like yes and then so you know you just 
get excited and you talk about how cool Mike is. And, and we, what we did was we put together a little um, sizzle reel, as they call it in the industry, which is uh, similar to the video that you have on Kickstarter now, which is kind of a collage of some of the Hellboy stuff appearing in different media and then, and then us kind of backpedaling and saying, but all of this stuff, these movies, these toys, these board games, these video games all started with a single drawing. And then we just did a quick little collage of a couple people talking about how influential his work was. And, you know, that was kind of our vision for the documentary was we wanted to show like the influence of his work. But then we, you know, we wrote him a letter. We sent him that clip and said, what we're missing is your story. Mm. And, uh, and I, I think that resonated with him. I think he was like, Oh, okay. This is, you know, so often there's some great comic documentaries. I, I just watched Fields Good Man. I thought that was pretty great. Yes. That's a yeah, that was pretty great. Um, but so often they're they're kind of disrespectful. So often they're like, "If bam pow, like, aren't comic books wacky? Look at cosplay players. What is this?" Uh, uh-huh. And uh, or or the other, which is, um, you know, isn't it great that your character is legit now because it's in a movie? <laughs> you know, and 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 the lead that way. And we're like, no, we we you know we we want this just to be about the comics and about the comic book creator. And it's cool. You know, we're going to talk, you know, we talked to Doug Jones. We, we're going to talk with Guillermo del Toro. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about the Hellboy movies and that sort of thing. But really the focus and what's most exciting about it is Mike creating this universe out of his head. Mm. When you started the project, what was like the one thing you were most excited to get to do? Oh, the one thing. It could uh, be two things. <laughs> This is no, your uh, no, I, I, <laughs> um, Honestly, it is being able to watch the creators draw and create and being able to watch Mike draw and create and, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, and, and being, you know, a, a cinematographer of sorts and, and wanting to be able to, I, comics are a visual, visual meeting, medium and it's so cool to see these things get created in other documentaries to watch, um, you know, like a master chef do the close up of the knife on the tomato and that sort of stuff. And it's very beautiful. And I don't really feel like comics have quite gotten that treatment, but comics are a visual medium. So being able to shoot Mike and then of course, uh, a lot of the other artists that he's worked with. So like Jason Sean Alexander, Duncan Bagredo in a similar style where it's just like, you really show the artistry and you show these pages go from a blank page to a comic book page. And I think that was, I think that was a single, that was the part that, that, made me realize that we could do something really special here that hasn't really been done before. One of my favorite things on the planet is to talk to creators like yourself about the the art that they're putting out in the world. And when you're making a documentary celebrating Mignola and you're getting the opportunity to talk to so many other great talents, uh, like how do you, how do you prepare to interview these subjects with the focus on Mignola? Um, research, research, research. I think, you know, I, I, uh, a mentor of mine told me never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Uh, and of course that doesn't work at all because <laughs> you're going to get, surprised. you're going to get surprised, but I think you should go in with that, that intent. Like you, you're like, I am just, I'm listening to every interview this person's ever given. I'm reading every document they've ever written, every essay they've ever written. And, uh, and you try to learn as much as you can, and then you could completely surprised because they're going to talk about things that they haven't talked about before. You know, like, uh, so we met, we flew to Europe and we met with Neil Gaiman and, 
<laughs> and I'm sitting across and we're, you know, we're, we're Jim and I kind of pinch hit. We go back and forth. So we were talking to Neil and he had, had mentioned that he had flown out for, uh, to be on set for Hellboy two, just as a visit. And that once he was there, um, he had been enlisted by Guillermo del Toro to, uh, to rewrite the intro scene, which so I don't know if you've seen Hellboy yeah, two, but the beginning course. of it is a, is a flashback and it's a fairy tale. And, um, and you know, and he's like, yeah, so, you know, I, I got to actually be part of the Hellboy universe and write this opening scene. And I remember just kind of feeling really dumb because I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Neil Gaiman had worked on a Guillermo del Toro movie. I didn't know that Neil Gaiman had written a Hellboy story. And, uh, and, I just admitted that I was like, I, I didn't know that. And he said, well, no one does. I've never spoken about this publicly. <laughs> and, you know, and you just go, oh, cool. Okay. And you just keep going with the interview. But on the inside of my head, I'm going, you know, fireworks <laughs> are going off and I'm high-fiving myself going, wow, that's so cool. And like one of the great things about, you know, doing it via Kickstarter and, and being so successful is you're offering these rewards that will then allow you to have like an interview with Neil Gaiman have its own little bonus feature. So like, exactly. That's like an event yeah. unto itself. Yeah. So, you know, that, the we, we, we already have 80 hours of footage, 80, you know, probably a lot more than that. Uh, but just of like, just interviews. And we want to do this nice, cohesive, uh, 90 minute story about Mike and Mike's journey and the Hellboy universe. But then you get really cool things where Adam Savage gave us an entire tour of his Hellboy collection. And he's got so much amazing stuff that, that it can't just fit. <laughs> like it's its own thing. Hmm. Um, but of course that takes time to edit, to master, to license music and do all those things. So as the Kickstarter has actually been a success, which is just awesome. Uh, we get excited because then we can go, cool. We now get to just, we get to take that tour of, of Adam Savage's collection and make it its own little mini feature. And like you said, like the extended interview about, um, it, it focuses on a lot of different things, but uh, Neil talks about the first comic that him and Mike ever wrote together. And we're going to have some of that in the documentary, but not the full, you know, conversational part of it. And now we get to just bust that out and, and trim that down to its own beautiful little, little vignette. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. Uh, this is comic book couples counseling. I am an Enneagram four. So I am always out there looking for life lessons. And I'm just wondering, like through like thinking, living, breathing Mignola for all of this time, is there anything about anything that Mignola and thinking about Mignola has taught you about your own creativity? Uh, yeah, I, I think the main thing has just been having kind of, the perseverance and the um, the vision and, and, and following through with your own vision. I mean, because the guy's, he's definitely about hard work and he's the first to talk about how Hellboy only became as successful as it was because uh, he had his wife and other people in his life help him and support him. Um, but also that he, he wanted to make things a certain way because he was interested in it, because he was excited about it. So rather than trying to do something that he thought would be popular or tracing trends or, or whatever, he just did the thing that he thought that he liked. And by doing that, he, you know, he ended up carving out this community and fan, and fan space and created something unique, uh, but something that means a lot to a lot of people. 
And uh, as working on this, there's definitely been kind of this philosophy as, you know, as, as we've looked at the different avenues of where we could take this, one of the reasons that we took it to Kickstarter is for that exact reason. Um, you know, we're not going to create the version uh, that is like, okay, well, let's do the, the, the version where, isn't it cool that, that it got turned into a movie or a video game? It's, it's, it's the version that we wanted to make, just like Hellboy was the comic that Mike wanted to make. In your video, you mentioned that you and Jim, I don't know if it's each of you or between the both of you, have backed hundreds of projects on Kickstarter. Um, yes. What have been some of your some of the highlights for you? And they can be the best, they can be the wackiest. Like, what have you learned from Kickstarter? Um, so I will say, Jim, a lot of the hundreds are, are more on Jim than me. <laughs> so Jim has backed... Uh, he's literally backed hundreds and I've looked and I'm like, I looked at mine and I'm, I'm a big Kickstarter enthusiast and I have backed dozens. So, <laughs> um, so, but let me see right now there's one by, uh, uh, it's live by Shinkor. Um, and they have a, a project out called amending and it's just like, it's completely its own thing that could not exist outside of, out of, um, Kickstarter. Um, it's, it's, a solo keepsake game. So like it has, um, sewn elements and, and it's just completely its own unique thing. And I think it's very like precious and, and charming and, uh, like the kind of stuff that makes me excited about crowdsourcing and, and a space like Kickstarter. You know, crowdsourcing, you know, especially during this very weird, year uh of of pandemic uh kickstarter has been a blessing for a lot of creative people uh but you know i can't help but feel like nervous at the idea of putting out a project and going like okay we we need a little help getting this thing completed here's what we can offer you but and now that you're you've been so successful with this uh kickstarter now you got to pay off on all of this stuff like how yes. much of a burden was Get just the preparation side of launching this as a Kickstarter. I, it was a ton of work. Uh, we've been working on this. So we've been working on this project for a long time, two years, uh, going on two years. And we started working on the Kickstarter for about six months when we, you know, similar to what I said, once we, we realized that the best space for it would be to go to, for us to just make the film that we wanted to with the support of, of fans and people who are interested in, in, in the space. Um, there's a lot of work and running the Kickstarter campaign is completely a full-time job for, for the both of us. Uh, and, and going into it, knowing that we're now going to be printing DVDs and making these awesome prints and doing all these postcards. Um, it's a big commitment. It's going to be a lot of work, but also now that we had a successful Kickstarter, it's something that we can do, uh, for me, um, I can I can go forward without distraction and, and know that this is where I can spend all my time, um, mm. both finishing the film and, and you know like the the other exciting thing for me you know I, I mentioned like being able to film people drawing the uh, first I believe it's the first unlockable tier are these art postcards that are literally prints uh, limited edition prints of the drawings that that the different artists drew on camera. Mm. 
so, so it's like this cool little like yeah it's cool little keepsake of the the film itself and so you know it's it's just been very cool to be able to make it all work in this nice cohesive space that we probably wouldn't be able to do if it wasn't through kickstarter or uh, you know through crowdsourcing yeah but how anxious were you when you first hit launch that first day <laughs> uh yeah i mean i didn't sleep uh, because the, the, we we knew it was going to be March first, and you know we had talked about like launching back in October because Hellboy and Monsters, and if we hurry, we could do you know there's other other reasons that we wanted to do in October, and uh, uh, Jim was smart and actually said like actually let's slow down and let's do it right, let's make sure we figure out the prints, make sure that everything is like um, we're figuring out the correct shipping, and that we actually come up with interesting rewards that that are. Um, substantive and actually part of the project, and not just tacking things on last minute. And uh, and I think it really I think it really paid off. I think spending the time to actually come up with all the the rewards and, and you know and we we've been brainstorming the extra featurettes um, for a year now, which is like it. What what is what are some of the amazing ideas? What are some of the the footage that we have or that we'll, we will soon have that we would love to just focus on for its own thing, but can't. Uh, but it doesn't make sense to be part of the main film. And so that's been fun too. So can you just, uh, you know, like talk me through your collaboration process with Jim? Like how do you go about co-directing this documentary? Uh, sure. So, I mean, we've just been kind of like, um, we just do all the stuff together. So when we go to interview someone, sometimes I'll be in the chair and then he sits over my shoulder and sometimes he's sitting in the chair and I'm sitting over his shoulder, adding more questions and that sort of stuff. Um, we the, literally, the two of us just went through Europe, uh, with all, all our camera gear and sound equipment. And then what we would do is as we moved to different towns, we would work with different local cinematographers and, and local sound people and bring them into the different interviews for, uh, depending where we were. And so we would have different crews on demand, but then to make sure the look was consistent, we would bring our own stuff and, and drive the A camera and, and that sort of thing. Um, we usually take point, like we alternate on who's taking point for one interview. So that way um, we're, we're like taking, we're, we're share, sharing the burden as far as like research. And then we swap back and forth. And so then I'll be like, oh, cool, these are good questions. Oh, you know what we should do is add this question here. And he'll do the same for me, depending on, on who the subject is. There is a little bit of arm wrestling sometimes with his, like, well, I want to talk to this person first. And, no, no, I want to talk to this person first. Um, but it, it's actually it's actually worked out really, really well. <laughs> Just in that it gives us a chance to kind of, like, um, balance things a little bit. And so you have an extra set of eyes on, on all the stuff that you do. Um, I've really met my match in that he, having run comic book conventions and comic book stores for decades, uh, is, is more knowledgeable. And uh, that's never been my case. Usually it's sort of any comic-related project, I'm the expert. And this is the first time where I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> he's, the, he's the super expert. He's the guru. Yeah, and then, and then, on the, uh, and then the actual edits. Um, so we, we just kind of share the edits back and forth. And so we use just different video review software and, and make notes back and forth and discuss them as we go. Uh, Kevin, before we uh, say goodbye to you on the show, is there something about drawing monsters that you want our listeners to know that we haven't covered about? Like, what's your final sell on drawing monsters? My final sell. I mean, I will say if you like if you if you like Mike Mignola and you like Hellboy, I, of course you're going to get so much out of this. You're going to find out stuff that you 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 
didn't before. Uh, but I think, honestly, for anyone who loves comic books, anyone who loves the world of storytelling, the world of superhero and universe building, and just someone's journey to create, uh, I, I think there's a lot in there. And I think it's a really inspirational story. So uh, come check us out on Kickstarter. And we'll have links for all of that stuff in the show notes, of course. Um, you know, when when it dropped the first day, like lightning, Lisa and I, like I wanted to back it, but then Lisa also, I also wanted, wanted to, to back, back it because, dude, I want a T-shirt, <laughs> and I don't want to have to share. <laughs> <Yeah>. Frankly, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a project that like immediately sent shivers of excitement between the two of us. Uh, and and you know, I like hearing that you you're thinking of it as not just for the diehards. You're thinking about the people who are just stumbling into the Mignola world or even just the comic book world and the inspiration that you can get from Mignola as a guy who's like, I just, I want to draw monsters. And like the spandex thing is not really my thing anymore. And I'm going to take a bet on myself. And uh, that's truly inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I think that one of the reasons that we just started with, with Mike is that his journey just goes the whole way through. And um, Neil Gaiman told us, he said, one of the he said, one of the things about someone like Mike is he, because he's been here for so long and because he keeps creating creating at the level that he is, is that he's someone that we take for granted. And I, quite frankly, like a Jack Kirby won't really be appreciated till 50 years from now. Mm. And, and I, and I just think that's true. And I'm, and this is kind of my chance to say, well, I'm not going to wait for that. So this is our chance to kind of present Mike's journey, Mike's story and what it's like to build a comic book universe in one place. Yeah. Celebrate the people while they're still with us. And, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Now I, I was going to end it there, but you said something just now that I found interesting. The re you know, we started with Mike, uh, are there plans for other comic book documentaries in the future? Yeah. Ooh, uh, yes. Mm. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just made a happy um, sound. I didn't mean to do it. I'm excited. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, we're, 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 we're really excited. We're already talking about it. And the Kickstarter being a success just shows that I think there's a lot of enthusiasm in this space. And so, you know, like Mike, we're kind of trusting our vision and want to keep telling these stories with different creators. So, so you know, we're we're as, as soon as we're done with this, uh, as soon as we're done with drawing monsters, we're going to be thinking about um, what what is next, and, and we we do want to keep telling these stories. Oh, awesome. Okay, that's exciting to hear. I'm ha I'm, I'm very happy because I saw the success of this Kickstarter, and I was like, oh man, there's so much potential for so many people to be celebrated right now. Uh, Kevin, yeah. give our listeners your socials. Where can they reach out to you? Obviously, they can find you on the Kickstarter page, but if they want to, they want to yeah. talk to you personally. Send you some words of affirmation for uh, for the documentary. We are across social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mignola Doc. That's uh, M I G N O L A D O C. And for me personally, where I'm talking about film and comics, I am at Frog Children on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, we will hunt you down. We'll continue to track those stretch goals as they are being unlocked. And uh, once again, we really appreciate you for joining us in our Creator Corner. Thanks so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. 
And there you have it. Now, don't you want to go out and back the Kickstarter for Drawing Monsters if you haven't done so already? Or if you've already backed the Kickstarter, you now actually want to see the movie and not just want that rad t-shirt, yes, which yes. I'm super excited to so, be getting. So you get the t-shirt, but then I backed it at the black and white Blu-ray physical copy level. Though we are going to share. Yeah, yeah, we you can you can you can look at my Blu-ray. You can look at it. You can even maybe you could play my Blu-ray. Yeah, I want to hold it. I want to spoon with physical media. Oh man, physical media forever. Uh, now, here's the deal. All the links to all the things are here in the show notes. Be sure to go test the waters with the Kickstarter page. Look around, watch their video. Look at all the options that you can get. Follow Kevin, follow Jim on Instagram and Twitter. I am just so excited to get another comic book documentary in my life. There are so few and far between with these things. And the quality with these things can also be so eclectic let's say <laughs> not pointing any fingers not pointing any fingers but like you know over this past year one of the other things along with backing everything that we can with kickstarter and signing up to all these patreons is we've been watching a lot of comic book documentaries if you've listened to our end of the year special feels good man is one of our favorite films from last year and like i just want more comic book documentaries i want more comic book docs and I like, not only am I rooting for drawing monsters, I know that, I mean, obviously the Kickstarter has proven it. There is a hunger for more documentaries like this. So I wanna see other creators covered in such a loving way as what we're getting from Kevin and Jim here. Do not be turned away by the fact that they have already exceeded their goal many times over. Cause we did talk to Kevin about how all of that money is, of course, going into uh, improving the qu overall quality of this documentary, but it is also a proof of concept yeah. that there is a market for films like this. Yeah, you know, we always celebrate people when they pass, right? You know, like, but how about we celebrate the people while they're still here? There are so many subjects that would make a great doc within the comic book industry. And if you are backing and supporting Drawing Monsters, you're also backing a future where your your favorite character, your favorite creator will get such a lavish and lush treatment. And that is why Brad and I are going to be executive producers <laughs> of Mike Mignola Drawing Monsters. No, we cannot afford that level. We cannot <laughs> afford the associate producer level either. But maybe you can. But maybe you can. And if you can, I would do it because uh, that's what I would that's what I want to do with my money. Uh, but okay, that's going to do it for us this week. We are going back to our main show next week where we are returning and we we are concluding our ex-couples series. For those that don't know who are joining us just to talk about Mignola, our main show takes a comic book couple and a self-help guide, smashes them together, and we use that conversation as a means of aiding our own relationship. And so last week we talked Hindsight and Morph from Generation X and pairing it with the normal bar. And next week, Lisa, what are we talking about? Extreme X-Men Wolverine and Hercules. Oh yeah, Wolverine and Hercules. You heard that right. Things are gonna get burly. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna get burly. I'm very excited to have that conversation. I will be sad to say goodbye to our ex-couples, but then after that, we're gonna venture back into the DC Comics universe, not revealing what couple that is yet or the self-help guide, but 
that person has had an 80th anniversary. What, what? But until then, Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art, send them to at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Brad. Yes. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? You can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. This week, we're dropping an early spoiler-free review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. All four hours. In fact, Lisa and I are about to hit play on that film after we record this episode. If you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cbccpodcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts, and if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy.